Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, and especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mm, 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 mm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Mm. You grab this donut. Thank you very much for listening to Trilove, a literal roundtable podcast where we talk about movies we saw at the Trilon Cinema in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can find us on Twitter at Trilove Podcast. You can find them on Twitter at Trilon Cinema. My name is Jason, and you can find me on Twitter at Nintendoofus. Do you always say our handle before the Trilon's handle? That seems disingenuous. Uh, I'm Cody. You can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore BH. That was a incredible, Jason. All in one take, just <sighs> like that. Doing it live, baby. That was incredible. I'm Harry Mack, and you can find me at Shitaki Harry. Uh, my name is Aaron Grossman. You can find me on Twitter at RBPlease. And we also have in the room with us the ghost of Dan Nagin, uh, unfortunately unable to join us for this episode about one of his favorite movies. Uh, we're going to be talking about... We're talking about Hard Target, the 1993 John Woo film, and the series, uh, what is it? Is it just, what is it? Uh, guns and Doves. Guns and Doves. Doves and, doves and Guns? Uh, I took a picture on my phone, actually. Guns and Doves. Let guns me check. Guns and Governor. Guns and Govs. Dun, 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 As part dun, of our tri Woove series. Guns and Govs. Uh, we're going to be talking about John Woo. Doves and Guns. Doves and Guns. As part of the Doves and Guns series at Trilon, uh, you may have heard our episode on The Killer. You may hear another episode from us on John Woo's films, depending on what we're able to get to. I want to uh, do all of them. And uh, as of when this re- episode releases, you should have one more chance, maybe two, to see this film. Yeah, it's playing uh, through Tuesday, right? Uh, yeah, and this is Monday, so you should be good. Um, hey, the put 11th. the episode down. Yes. Leave it, leave it like, downloaded to your device, but uh, but don't listen to it quite yet. We're going to be talking a lot about the movie, including pause this, run to your local spoilers, 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 spoilers ahead, and then and then resume the episode. Yeah, from you this should moment. go see this movie before you listen to this podcast because this movie rules. It Holy very, very good. shit! Bro. We thought pretty highly of it. This was my first Jean Claude Van Damme movie. Um, it was my second John Woo movie, and I am really excited to see more from both of them. Uh, as for this one, I believe Aaron has a short summary for us. Oh, you set it up like that again. It could be. How I, are we supposed to set it up? Uh, it. I don't know. Just more naturally, but I guess that's a good more question. Naturally? All right. No, Hit no, no. It. I got it. I got it's it. time to summarize this film. You're going to talk about everything from the beginning to the end of this movie. Hit so. it. No, it's actually it's very short, very short summary here. I got uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme stars as uh, Chance Boudreau, uh, an out-of-work sailor who is hired by Natasha Binder, who is played by Yancey Butler. Uh, he is hired by her to help find her missing father in the city of New Orleans. Um, they soon learn that her father was murdered as part of a part of a game that rich people play. Uh, this is a movie as a take on the most dangerous game. Do not interrupt the fucking summary. Don't. Okay. Uh, was that part of the summary? That, I'm sorry. Excuse yes, it me? was actually. Okay. Uh, it's a game that rich people play where they hunt the poor and homeless people, um, generally army veterans, for <laughs> sport. Are we talking about the freaking GOP? <laughs> <laughs> 
Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's kind of what's happening in this movie. Um, yeah, this is a Hard Target, 1993 film, directed by John Woo. We mentioned this. This is, you know, again, it's a take on the most dangerous game. It is John Woo's first American film. Oh, what? Uh, yes, his first American film. He had obviously directed films before this, such as The Killer. Uh, go, go see The Killer and listen to the pod on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we talked about that one. Um, it was the first major Hollywood film with a Chinese director. Again, these are all off Wikipedia, so this is wrong. We blame those anonymous uh, blame the contributors. Blame the yeah, world. that's right. Um, Hack the planet. Hack yeah, the planet. I got other like facts here, but just this guy, this movie fucking kicks ass. It right, rules, fellas? man. It's yep. really good. Maybe we should jump off with the fact that it has like a fifty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten nice. Tomatoes can fucking fight me. <laughs> this is the gentleman's five, <laughs> five stars. Where is it? In which, you, in which you understand that it is perfect, and you give it the perfect rating. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to do? Do you want to do means. my new uh, try love segment where I read off negative reviews from Rotten Tomatoes and then I threaten to is kick it, the reviewer's ass? Is it really, a- really high? Specifically, like, the back of the ass of their head. Because yeah. you're Jean-Claude Van Damme and you're wearing combat I'm boots. I'm doing a spinning And you can kick. get your leg up a feet above your head somehow, above your mullet, your greasy mullet, the, and kick people in the back through. Of the fucking head. Yeah. Here's the thing about that. The guy is wearing not only, uh, like, a denim, like, work shirt. He's also wearing denim pants. He's, they're not the same color. He's wearing darker denim pants and then a lighter colored shirt. But it is very hard to stretch a denim in that My manner. My dude does the splits. Yeah, straight up. He's been wearing those since they were raw. He's, like, he is. If he, he was like a skinny guy and he was, he was wearing baggy pants, that would be jeans. one thing. But he is—he's ripped. He's really ripped, and he is—he is, he is he's, putting yeah. his denim jean pant leg above his head to kick dudes just all the time. Very He'd hard be to do. An incredible ballerina. He may have been. Did you know Mass Mickelson was a professional was a, oh, dancer shit. for wow. a, like a decade before he started acting? You, I guess it makes sense. He's and a, a very, ballerina. Yeah. He's a very long guy. But, He's like, a long I dude. Wouldn't have, I wouldn't have pegged his physique as like a uh, dancer. I wouldn't have pegged his physique. I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. Have pegged his physique. Mm. Uh, okay. Hit us Thank you for those, listening to Trilo. Hit us with the nonsense, and then let's talk about what with we the this movie. the people that uh, the people that. Okay, here here we go. First one? one starting up. No, first one yeah, starting up here. No, uh, what? What are you doing? Uh, there's blood on the table. I was trying to figure out if it was mine. It's blood. <laughs> it might be Coney's. Is it? Oh God! You're oh it's oh it's everywhere, fellas. What's got, happening? Oh my God! He's Can got a gun. Time for this, please. Yeah, where did that come from? I don't know. I didn't touch but it. There's a lot of it. And nobody's bleeding. We're doing the thing. We all episode. have to look up at the same time at the ceiling. <laughs> Alien blood. Have fun editing this later. I guess. I, you thought this was gonna Listen, be an easy edit. Listen, if there's blood on the table, I no, have to I, shout it out. No, I know. Fifty cent blood on the table. <laughs> I rewatched. We already got to my recommendation. I rewatched Steven Soderbergh's Contagion over the weekend, uh, so I know Harry, and the you're whole doomed. Is gripped in coronavirus panic. So. Yep. Did somebody oh. say coronas? I don't know where that came from. <laughs> capsule episode. Yeah. What's happening? Do you? We're talking about hard. Do we need like if a clean cut bit, here? No. no. What the bit? Oh, Jesus. The bit. All right. This is podcasting, baby. All right. Wait. wait. <laughs> Uh, first review that we are going to be reading here uh, is from Emmanuel Levy. He's a film critic for Variety. He's starred as Bullshit. a top critic. He's a hack. No, you don't know More what the like review says yet. you got to wait until the end of the review to make fun of him. All right. Uh, yeah, Variety, a top critic. Interesting, given what I'm about to read here. He says, a disappointing American debut of the Hong Kong cult director John Woo is a decent action vehicle by standards of its star Jean-Claude Van Damme, but hampered by a B script and flat characters. 
doesn't bear flatten Wu's, this character. Hey, bud, can swing it doesn't bear Wu's auteurist signature and unique vision. He gives it a C plus. I give his life a C plus. Uh, he's fucking done. I hate <laughs> That's this guy. Generous too. By May the all way. your coffee be just a little bit too cold. <laughs> we have to come up with curses. I've decided. Script like we're these Willem, bees, Emmanuel. We're like we're Willem Dafoe in the lighthouse. Uh, next up is uh, Dasan Thompson <laughs> for the Washington Post. He's also starred as a top critic. Uh, he says essentially, Hard Target is a risk-averse Van Dam vehicle steered by many hands and set on tracks leading directly to the delivery I'm entrances. Gonna steer this guy with many hands. <laughs> directly to the delivery entrances of the country's video stores. Which is funny. He calls it a risk-averse Van Dam vehicle because I would like to hit him with a vehicle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> risk-averse after I guide him with these hands. <laughs> I said it already. I wanted to say it again. Because I'm mad. Risk reverse. Is that another Jean Claude Van Damme Is it? Is it risk? <laughs> I mean, is it more risk averse than any other? Like, first of all, how is it risk averse? It's a fucking first. Uh, He's fucking hunted by people. John Woo, <laughs> that the first pretty Chinese director directing a major Hollywood blockbuster, an, an interesting blend of American action and Hong Kong style uh, action cinema. How's that risk averse? Doesn't make any fucking sense to me, fellas. All of these action heroes stop to talk about their feelings and how they don't want their feelings to be hurt. Literally. Here's the worst part. So subversive. So with 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 like. Rotten Tomatoes, you often get the thing where there's like a movie that everybody enjoys, but it's rated badly by critics, and you get the thing where it's like, oh, oh, the critics don't get it, but the audience, the audience, get it, right? You get the critic meter, that's 46, and the audience meter, that's like always like an 85, right? No, the fucking audience score for this is 49%. So everybody's I'm going to kill him. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. Hold me back. 36,000 reviews Harry's for this gonna movie. going to go get him. I am going to track down like like Jet Li's The One style, every single one of these fucking reviewers, and, and, and I will take care of them. That's right. I, I, you sorry, I, I saw Red there for a second. You have been going you'll, to the gym. You'll start getting them to put up porn posters around town, and that's how you're going to actually... We haven't introduced that part of the movie, so that's kind of a weird thing just to say, unfortunately. I was but... like, did I really misremember Jet Li's the one? <laughs> no, no, we're talking about hard time. Anyway, that's that's the I don't wanna, That's the end of the segment. Time. I'm actually yeah. getting angry criticism thinking about it. Criticism is bullshit. Pop criticism is worse. I, I can and see... podcasts are even worse. Podcasts are the dregs of the poopy... Toilet bowl after you flushed. As we've just proven out. Ta da. Jesus Christ. All right, are we going to talk about the movie? Yeah, let's Hit talk it. about the movie. Uh, what do we think, fellas? Yeah, we already said this movie's great. Yep. I feel very positively about this movie. Yep. Uh, uh, it starts very incredibly strongly with um, Jean Claude Van Damme literally unsheathing his thighs. At one point, Jean Claude Van Damme in his introductory sequence does unsheathe his thigh. He, he makes as if he's go- he's going to attack the bad guys, right? Because they're uh, dishonoring a woman. And right. he's going to... He appears as though he's going to like pull out a weapon. Maybe he's got a service revolver in his back pocket or mm-hmm. something. No, he literally just brushes his coat. His, uh, his large his, trench his, coat. His, his <laughs> duster coat to the side to reveal... His jean thigh. <laughs> and Un- then- Jean-Claude Van Damme. More uh, dangerous un- than any gun. Jean-Claude Van Damme unsheathing his thighs crawled so Henry Cavill yeah. cocking his arms could run. I was going to bring that up. Reloading his arms <laughs> yes. for Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible <laughs> Fallout's uh, like arm cocking is is pretty much the the spiritual successor exactly. to so, what Jean-Claude again, Van Damme does. Thank you for here. everything, John Woo. Identical yeah. energy. Um, this movie, we were talking about how it works really well with, it, almost exclusively be- because of John Woo's filming, his directorial style, the whole uh, slow motion and the doves and everything that's like indicative of his style really works really well, which I wouldn't have guessed with being like uh, translating to an American production in an American yeah. setting with, with, uh, with Western actors and actresses. Uh, I really, really, really like this movie. Yeah, I, uh, I think that if we're, if we're going to like try to actually critique 
this movie, um, which I don't know if we necessarily have to, but I actually uh, fund- think I fundamentally disagree with um, dismissals of this movie's script as standard boilerplate B movie material. I think that it it combines the formal and the thematic um, legitimate, especially in the first two acts, in some legitimately very competent ways that I liked and appreciated a whole lot. I think that maybe the script's one failure is because it knows it's not going to have a third act. It has to be really, really explicit with setting up and like teeing up and, and hitting its themes, which is maybe like, it's not damning. It's just like, you know what you're going to get, right? Like, this is a movie wherein Jean-Claude Van Damme is hunted by rich people. But uh, that being said, I like... I think I really legitimately the central sort of metaphor kind of works for me, right? Which is that like we're we're given this ruined New Orleans and it, it's beautifully shot and it, it's like it's like this Mad Max style. I know we go to that well a lot, but this is the well. Uh, and uh, it's it's like a it's like a post apocalyptic dystopian New Orleans where the cops are all but absent and like Chinatown style, completely uh, <laughs> disinterested in their jobs and cynical. Um, They're in, on strike. In ways, yeah. Very importantly to the plot. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah. Um, but, but like, not for good reasons, right? I, I like, like people being on strike. Yeah, that's yes. good. The cops be, oh, no, no. Well, the cops should be on strike forever because yes. they shouldn't exist. <laughs> we should uh, reform how we do policing in the United States. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but, but, there, there is that great line in the introductory sequence with the detective where she says a, an unbelievably calloused thing, right? Where she says, like, like the main character, um, played by Yancey Butler. Uh, Butler, whose name is... Natasha Binder. Natasha, right. I don't remember Natasha's name. Nat. Excuse me. Nat. Your mother named you after a bug? No, <laughs> my name's Natasha. It's like, yeah, no shit, dude. It's a um, common name. But but the she she goes to the detective and she says my father is missing uh, he was homeless and she basically says like how can he be missing if he doesn't have anywhere to be he doesn't exist yeah and she's yeah she's basically saying homeless people aren't people that's the point of this and in fact you know it, as it comes out the the main bad guys the are literally capitalizing on the fact that New Orleans, the people and the police of New Orleans, treat their homeless population as less than human, uh, especially their veteran population, by kidnapping veterans or cornering homeless veterans, offering them $10,000 to participate through coercion. They're not willing participants, even though they... they uh, say they are. That's very strongly implied they that they would right. be hunted anyway. They're not anyway. choice, yeah. yeah. Um, and and hunted down by the by these rich bored capitalists and the the reason they're able to get away with this explicitly as the plot states is because nobody cares uh, and in fact the the main bad guys came to this part of the world the same way they came to I think they say Yugoslavia and uh, Brazil I believe uh, yeah Rio de Janeiro and uh, I think they mentioned one other place but they they go to war zones basically where they can get away with plying their trade and this just happens to be one because Americans don't care about poor people uh which is like i don't know it was straightforward it really worked for me especially because it established the world so well um it i really love they do like a the sprawl thing where everybody knows everybody and like um chance like can move through this world and and he knows the homeless people and he knows the like seedy bartenders and yeah yeah um yeah this movie area like you said like postulates that this country doesn't care about poor people which surprise it doesn't still doesn't uh i thought it was going to go one step further uh like after the opening sequence i thought it was going to be a more direct commentary on specifically like this country doesn't care about impoverished like veterans who come back from the war and then they're just 
dumped out into the world uh, and, you know, they, they've got to fend for themselves. There's that really striking shot after the opening, uh, like that chase sequence where they're chasing that first homeless man and he's laying on the ground with this steely, shiny, uh, like, arrow uh, sticking out of his chest and then through his dog tag. And I was like, oh, shit, this is the kind of movie we're going to get. This it is literally still a very skewers good movie. his dog tag. Right, exactly. It was so... Which is a plot point because that's how Chance ends up finding out that the homeless man was murdered. Right. Because what they do with the homeless people is they throw them into abandoned buildings, burn down those abandoned buildings, and say that the homeless people were just in those abandoned buildings. Uh, Which works on the police. Terrible, like, yeah. eerily accurate to... What actually happens to, like, people kill homeless people in America, like, now. That that shit happens, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, it probably doesn't happen with billionaire capitalists who hunt people through the streets openly. But metaphorically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does happen. Um, I will say that I, I, I think I... I think I get where you're, you're coming from, kind of with the movie's portrayal of New Orleans. I think this movie, that's maybe one of its faults. Um, I'm not sure how much to, of that to credit to... You know, John Woo is a you know he's a Hong Kong action film director. He's portraying New Orleans. I don't know how familiar he was with New Orleans. Um, I've been to New Orleans a few times, mostly as a okay. tourist. What I have I have been wait, there. Uh, wait, you've been to New Orleans? A few, I've been to New Orleans a few times too. As as Dude, New Orleans, bro. As a tourist, hell yeah, let's we're giving next up. Um, there are a lot of scenes, both of you, very specifically kind of set in the French Quarter, like the more touristy quarter mm. of uh, New Orleans. Um, like weirdly empty. I think it kind of works on the level you're talking about, where it's like a maybe not future, but like a little bit of an alternate kind of dystopian uh, feel mm-hmm. to it. Um, I think part of that kind of works, but part of that it feels, especially with that opening sequence where there's the guy being hunted and he's he's running through empty streets that right. just 24 hours a day just are not empty, right? Yeah, um, it feels I mean, kind of off a little okay. bit. I, this is not the New Orleans that you know, bro. Like, I, it, it's a John Woo movie, it, but it it kind it it feels at times like some of that's not handled well. Like sure, it, yeah, it, I get I, that. Yeah, I I know I I agree with that. It I doesn't think. go f- far enough, I guess, in its dystopia for me to believe right. that. W- um, was it a? I, we deleted the track a couple times. Did we talk about how like the set locale was chosen basically on accident? Or, oh no! I don't or think like so. or not like it wasn't consciously. Oh, that's too bad. There, I thought somebody said that. Am I making that up? I think we you're were talking, talking about, about True, True Detective. Detective season one. Oh yeah. well. Uh, Although that also ends up working very well for. Yeah, exactly. Better one. than it does here, probably. Yes. Um, even uh, if this was an intentional choice. That being said, I I like New Orleans. I think it, especially with. I, uh, I think yeah, maybe that's what it is for me. Is that yeah. it's one of my favorite places to shoot movies. I think mm-hmm. sure. Uh, Jean Claude Van Damme has kind of a backstory where he grew up in the Bayou. Uh, I think that kind of generally works. Yeah, so. the end of this movie is played out to Born in the Bayou by. Credence, uh, if you wanted more reasons to... Yeah. Real fans just call it Credence. Uh, if you wanted this another the first reason time to watch this. Them, so that's interesting. You've got a bad Band rise <laughs> So is your, is your concern, Aaron, that it doesn't like mesh its setting and... Plot it mode? just took me out a little bit, some scenes. And then some scenes, I think, are done for the scene where... Um, oh, the, the kind of second hunting scene... Uh, with the the older African American veteran, um, I think that scene's done very well. There's a scene where he, that whole chase scene is great, but there's a scene where he eventually he's been shot once or twice, and he kind of stumbles into a thirsty part of New Orleans. 
um, and there are people going about their business, going to nightclubs or whatever, and he keeps asking for help, and they don't pay any attention to him. That is like kind of a nice, like it, it's fitting in some right. kind of social it's, critique. Yeah, there. makes the makes the text or that, subtext yeah. text. And, and that they've feels, been making the text text, but yeah, that feels kind of true to me. It's obviously a little over exaggerated, but it, it kind of makes the point, and I think it, it feels accurate. And there are it's other like, scenes that don't. I guess it's it's over the top for such a pointed purpose, right? Where it's like, like it it bothered me in this. A little bit that um, after we get this like this this like southern fried noir uh, silliness opening where like the the villains legitimately do have to conduct themselves in the shadows and so like we're seeing a shadow world of New Orleans. It kind of bothered me that they dispense with that completely when they're tracking down Van Damme later and just like openly like ride through the streets shooting yeah. uh, at him because like that that felt like a betrayal of the sort of like night world that they had set up mm-hmm. um, or like this this like inverse world um but like that being said it, it's it's john woo symbolism <laughs> that like they literally light up roper the the homeless black guy um yeah. in the middle of the street and he he just like does the like the end of uh fucking platoon yeah. where he gets like shot up from every side and, and goes down um really good bit from roper when when they establish him uh first with nat uh he's wearing his army fatigue jacket that says roper on it and it's like clearly a vietnam jacket yeah and uh he goes oh your dad was in the service i was in the service and she goes oh really it's like yeah no shit like, <laughs> yeah what? look at the dude yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know if the veteran metaphor works for me as well. Um, Lance you know? Hendrickson, in his big speech, has a bit about it, but he's sort of like he, he's trying to like like do a "we are not so different from Americans at large" thing. But he like the way that they get to it is like oh like the the um, Americans made these people only good at one thing, and so like we're just utilizing them for the purpose in which they were created, and, and right. all that doesn't really like factor in as much for me. I couldn't I couldn't tie the uh, square that circle, so to speak. Really, um, I mean, it, it worked for me to, for setting the character anyway. It didn't work for me as like oh long term plot implications. Uh, it, it's just like a justification for for the act, right? Yeah. For the plot. Um, it gave me like a little bit of Rambo vibes, obviously. Oh yeah, uh, and in that respect, sort of. If Rambo could again. kick above his head and do perfect he splits, not, does in he not jeans. kick above his head? In Rambo? And do He's got it. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He uses a bow and all that. Yeah, uh, I think that this it is kind of poking at the same kind of thing that that at least First Blood is right, where it's, it, it is kind of about how this country treats veterans who come home from war. Right, like you well, know, they're, picking, it's they're doing literally the, picking up homeless veterans off the streets and using them for. Blood I mean, sport. it's doing the like, same thing the killer did, right? Where it, like yeah. it gestures at that enough that you can recognize it, and then it does what it's doing, which is being John Woo. Yes, it's yes. like okay, we've set it up enough yeah. of this. Yeah, let's yeah, kind of get to it. It works. Sorry. Yeah. That's, I mean, I wanted to move to another topic, so if there's something... Well, to a similar topic. Uh, Go for it. We, we should talk about how this movie is so glorious in the way that it's shot and in, in the way that John Woo fundamentally understands, like no one else, what it means to be a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, just especially in the introduction of Jean-Claude Van Damme's character. Like, it's tough to, to point out particular shots but there are so many in this movie where like uh when when nat is is driving away from the docks and she gets held up by that um forklift that puts down the the um barrels and then it it, like decides or uh meanwhile van damme has um figured out that he he can't work without 217 dollars so he has to help her and then the like the forklift lifts the barrels again and there he is it's like and like (laughs) there he is behind it he's like posed 
Van Damme kicks a lot of people. Um, a lot of those, it's, it's like the anti-contemporary American action film where, like, you hide the hits. Uh, a lot of people are just getting squared up, hit in the face. And it, it's like, like a straight close-up. Yeah. This movie yeah. also does, a, like, we've... Uh, somebody mentioned slow-mo. Uh, and, like, the slow-mo is used almost as, like, a non-sequitur sometimes, which, like... Uh, was it like it, it unsettled me a little bit and it was used I, or rather I think the theater we were in and ourselves myself included took that to be like a point of humor like I would laugh whenever it lingered on like Van Damme's face or Lance Henriksen's face for like a little too long yeah. um, it like it disrupted the rhythm and then like when the action scenes happened uh, like those were very rhythmic and I latched onto those even more and those just felt so it's, much it's almost more like sweet. This, this man who's only known combat his whole life he only feels in rhythm with himself and with the the world yeah, when he's in when he's in the heat of combat like and he's he's disjointed and dissociated yeah, from good. himself whenever he's in the world of man and yes. it's only yes. it's only in the the chaos of Keep battle going. that he can feel the harmonies that were once That's his right. home because he's back on the battlefield that he's known. This is basically a Metal Gear Solid yeah, movie, is what I'm is, saying. Oh yeah, I was picking up on that. I do. Li- <laughs> I, I was do, not. I do legitimately like how I, those slow motion shots, even when they're not like of an action moment, even when he's just like Wilford Brimley pulls down a shotgun that's like yeah. Fake, oh my know? god! And and it's just this slow motion scene where he's sl- sort of like slowly caressing it and blows the dust off and it's like I made a great it? joke uh, when that happened I leaned over to Harry and said oh, me when I haven't had sex in years it's like it's like a sh- it's like a shitty action movie Can version said you bro it's like a shitty action movie version of that scene from Eraserhead <laughs> the, it's like it's like that right and it's just like dust like just it's like, so good man yeah, it's very there are good. so many of those just like I mean obviously there's a good bit of gun fetishism in this movie it's, it's a John Woo film yeah there is but like it works it works really well because, because uh, I don't know exactly why it works so well, but it it it, it works or it worked for me uh, every time when like only John Woo can make unloading a gun look as cool as shooting it, right? Like he, there are several times that like uh, a spent shell is ejected from uh, from a shotgun, and it's just like one of those happened, yeah. and then like. Jason, Harry, and I all like did the same fist Literally bump. Literally down exact the road, same. you could see the same fist bump like that. It was yeah. Uh, every every single kill in this movie is like a whole set piece, right? Like like uh, it it's never he just blasts somebody. It's that he like kicks a propane tank up in the air so that it's level with the guy's head, then lowers his shotgun <laughs> to shoot the propane tank so that when the buckshot hits it, the explosion becomes the buckshot, and like the dude is not only blasted by the shotgun, he's blasted by the blast, and he like goes fucking Along flying with his fucking motorcycle out the window. Yeah. Why did that? The main bad guy looks exactly like. Billy Zane. I couldn't get over that. Uh, it's not Billy Zane, but I was like, why does that guy just look Arnold exactly... Vosloh? Yeah. I mean, he's great, too. Uh, Arnold Voslo. Yes. Um, he looks like Benny Safdie. Speaking of fetishism, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, this movie is also very gay, despite the fact that John Woo is cl- clearly at that point... Um, he, is, he has heard those... Um, those accusations, which is a pejorative term I don't mean to use, but like, because he's correcting for it in this movie, where unfortunately, like, maybe the one flaw, the one critical flaw of this <laughs> otherwise perfect movie is that chance at, at two different instances, like, 
in order to mock the bad guys, he refers to them as having boyfriends. Yeah. Uh, that's both the uh, the thugs in the first scene that he beats up and eventually um, the main bad guy duo uh and it's like it's very clearly john woo like trying to say no homo in a way that really fucking sucks except that this movie is still gay as hell so like you still didn't you didn't do it bro because like there's one romantic scene and it's played for hilarious badass mm-hmm. laughs it's also maybe the best scene in anything ever in which he punches the snake oh yes <laughs> yeah because like like Nat Nat is in the swamp and and he says do you trust me and she goes yeah, I do. And he says, "Close your eyes." And she says, "Why do you have to? Why do I have to trust you with my eyes closed?" And they're flirting. And he and he says, "Close your eyes." He's she, obviously going in for the kiss, yeah, right? She does. She opens her mouth in a really weird way. That's like obviously she's expecting to be kissed, but it's it's like a weird sloppy kiss. Uh, but then it turns out that there was a fucking snake behind her head, <laughs> and instead he grabs the snake right before it's about to. Uh, bite her and then the snake is still freaking out so he punches the snake and then he He bites the rattler off of it it's Uh, man fucking five stars 10 out of 10 100 out of 100 and then uses it as a trap yes in the next scene a trap to kill one of the again metal gear solid snake eater style yeah um there supposedly there was a romantic scene that was removed from this movie between the two leads uh that that john woo removed so that it could get an r rating instead of a you know, uh, instead of an X, yeah, I don't know how, how hardcore how horny that was. This scene going to be uh, probably pretty horny, man. Have you seen? You've John seen Woo how movies? he uses his legs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's plenty of there's plenty of uh, romantic scenes between Lance Hendrickson and uh, Arnold Vosloo, the uh, sort of bickering odd couple at the heart of the villains of this you're movie. You're not angry with me, are you? Yeah. I don't get angry. I'm a professional. Uh, right after the last scene, where he's like, "Be a professional, be a professional, pick." Pick Van Cleef? This is a perfect movie. <laughs> uh, the, fur- the further along in this story we get, the further we get from the city of New Orleans. And that felt important to me as far as, like, obviously around the second or third act, it, the target turns from, uh, intentionally from the wild game of, uh, of the disadvantaged uh, homeless veterans to... Uh, Chance Boudoir. To Chance himself. Um and Natasha, Most, yeah. Mostly, I want to talk about the motivations of the bad guys for doing this, uh, because like they could easily have just clinched down on him, but it's it becomes a game. Like they continue their motivation that they had setting up. It's not like in most action movies, there's that moment where it's like time to get serious, guys. Like we got to drop our mission and squish this bug. And throughout this movie, it's not. It's it's like the whole squishing of the bug was the whole game to begin with. So as we get from the second or the third act. Uh, we're just like they've turned their tar- their their focus toward a much much, I mean a much harder target, right? <laughs> of, like he said it. They, they, he said they, it. He said the name of the movie. They've built the whole enterprise on uh, veterans being challenging game, and then they actually come upon challenging game and literally die trying to kill it. Yeah, uh, it, he he does the classic villain thing, right? Where like, and and they they lampshade it as they. I think they lampshade literally everything in this movie. Like, if you're afraid that anything is going to remain subtextual, fear not. For <laughs> this, the script will call it out. Uh, and I actually love that about this movie. Uh, but but you know, like there there are several points where even Pick Van Cleef, the dude who lives to kill people, is like like boss bro like we should cut our losses like they literally it's really funny they go to the like the mardi gras warehouse because did you think that this movie set in new orleans wasn't going to end in a mardi gras warehouse <laughs> fear not uh 
and and he's like he just like takes one look around at this warehouse and there's like swinging chains and there's like a clown's head and like there are there are pigeons flying around and it's it's eerily quiet and you know that fucking John Glad Van Damme is is hunkered down there waiting to kill you and he like takes one look at it and he's like this is bad news <laughs> we we gotta get here, the boss. fuck out of here and he's like. No, you know, like he does that amazing. Um, Lance Hendrickson's really good in this movie. At one point, his coat catches fire and it just makes him mad. In a long take, he yeah. is literally on fire for and like he just three looks, minutes. Yeah, he just looks like slightly perturbed by it, and he's like, "Man, this guy's really pissing me off." Yeah, he it, throws his it's coat the only way I'm ever going to take off my coat from now on. It's just completely in flames, <laughs> and he's like, "Ah, that son of a bitch is good." And then he like, like to punctuate that, he throws the flaming coat off of himself. Um, yeah. Uh, we touched a little bit on how class underpins the plot here, but like it throughout it does with um between the like the fact that chance's whole involvement in the plot is dependent upon his ability to get his union dues so that he can continue making two hundred seventeen dollars two hundred seventeen dollars he's he's out and he is gonna stay with um with Yancey Butler for uh two days so that he can make that much money and get on his way. Um, the police union is on strike meaning that there is no support while this is all going on and the criminals are free to have their game. She's she's a fish out of water because she has money. She's accosted because she has money. She meets Chance when he saves her from that. It's it's she's considered the sort of like the the wild card in this this insular world because she's somebody who cares about a have not um, because her father and, and she are estranged, but she comes into this world where nobody would care about him and does, and she's she's what sets in course the um, she's the fly in the ointment or the you know the whatever in the gears the wrench in the gears that that brings this to where it goes. Um, the moth to the flame, you might say. Sure. <laughs> Um, she's good. She does a good job. I it's think fine. It's fine. It's serviceable. It's serviceable. Uh, she doesn't have a lot to do, unfortunately, as a lot of uh, female yeah. stars don't. She kills somebody really good at one point. Um, they do a classic thing um, where one of the henchmen finds her in, oh, yes. uh, in the warehouse and she shoots him in the dick like 600 that, times. That's one of the, the funnier... That's one of the, the... I don't know, the funnier kills in this movie because the, the henchman walks up calls her a very misogynistic term and then she just shoots him in the dick three times. Hell yeah. And it's like... Thus always. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. It was just something about the way it was edited. There's a lot of funny bits of editing in yeah. this film yeah. that are so random. There, there are some where it like... they He does a fucking like, like seven different... Uh, Lucas Kurosawa star wipes or like, <laughs> like slide wipes and it's like, bro, did you just give up? On this, like it, like it works for the movie because of how funny it is, but it, like it doesn't make any sense. Like there are some points where he's just like, "The scene is over," and just like, "Get it out of here." Uh, it doesn't really like that's that's the thing that felt to me like a John Woo movie specifically. Like having only watched one other one, The Killer, um, it rang through to me the the editing and like shooting uh, were the parts that like felt the same. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is compared to The, the Killer pretty dialed back like there were only a couple times where i was like he's definitely out of bullets now and he wasn't um so like he only gets dual wielding pistols at the climax (laughs) but he does shoot a gun upside down oh man oh yeah and he he, like he like what is that called he like sicario twos it where he like pumps it a million times sicario twos it that's the reference (laughs) day of the soldado (laughs) that movie fucking sucks anyway uh i and I wanted to know what guy, what you guys saw in the movie that were like that. <laughs> stop doing that. I'm doing, doing it in between your 
This is a visual medium. Uh, I appreciate you guys doing. I'm these. just doing gun shit over here, man. Just I'm... miming. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I have strong opinions about this. Uh, John Woo also had strong opinions. the The movie was a financial success, but it was a, a critical, as we talked about, unfortunately, a critical <laughs> failure by a bunch of fucking cowards and charlatans, just drooling idiots. Uh, uh, he said, specifically in regard to the kind of lack of critical success, he said, uh, while we were making Hard Target, I did try to make it a little more like a Hong Kong film style, even though it was an American movie, um, which didn't work well in the beginning because I found the audience in general, uh, they were not familiar Fucking with fools. the Hong Kong style. Oh, wait, what? Right. So the thing is, is that I don't know. This this felt like a, to me, very successful blend of like a more typical American action film and a Hong Kong action film. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of like grasping at a point here. So, so help me fill in, but there's, there's something that often very disappointing about going back to American action films and that they are kind of cool and exciting in the way that you want, right? Like there's explosions, there's very cheesy bits. Uh, this movie is full of them as well. Um, but oftentimes the action can feel actually kind of boring, right? Like you're, you're kind of hyping yourself up I based on what's happening in the film. To, um, to borrow a metaphor from our sports correspondent, Cody. Sure. Uh, thank you, Cody. That's me. I think a lot of action movies, American action movies, bunt sometimes. Like, oh, definitely. There, yeah. there are some parts where they just, like, we don't have a good idea. This right. movie never bunts. Absolutely. Yeah. Always swings for the fans. I think the, the only time I would argue, and I wouldn't say it, it bunts in the, the final, like, that, that Mardi Gras warehouse sequence, uh, but... That is maybe the time when I felt you hearing this from you, Aaron, that it was the most like Americanized, saturated. It, it's, it, yeah. when, when shit's in the dark and like you're spatially like you can't pick out, you know, who's where. It's this big labyrinth of whatever. The first two acts of this movie, you know where everybody is. You know New Orleans like the back of your hand. Yeah, I think that the Hong Kong of this movie is in the first two acts, which mm -hmm. is ironic yeah. oh, because sure. the third act is the action act. Right. Uh, this movie, I, I said earlier, um, I was being... Uh, um, I was exaggerating, obviously, a little bit, but but it it's two perfect movies, and after the first two acts, in which it's like this this really fun, really ridiculous like take on like in a southern fried like noir like like mystery, but with with overacting by Jean Van Damme and tons of action. Um, then it it completely dispenses with the plot as we knew it and just becomes this chase in the bayou. Uh, and that's when it becomes a typical American action movie. To in me. a kind of disappointing way, I think. There's oh, a, a yeah. few things near the end that aren't as good. You, you, I yeah, mean, I think that the, the, the part with uh, the fucking Uncle Duvet showing up, uh, this the kind of older... Uh, they do exactly Skyfall. They, I mean, Skyfall does this, this, really, movie. if you think about yeah. it. Hey, this is a better film than Skyfall. Wow. Yeah. Film yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But they do. You know. He gets to have chance. his Home Alone moment, right? He gets to fire yes, one that's, arrow yes. and explode thirty men. Well, in, in the movement of this movie, bears that out really well, right? Because, like you said, it's about leaving New Orleans and heading into. And again, don't worry. The movie is going to say this. Like, like at one point, Lance Hendrickson goes, "We're in his world now," because like he's the Bayou boy, and like he's he's out there, and it's the, like the hunters uh, actually had, had turned by the end of the film in, into the they. The, the, themselves, they, they, you're they, saying, they, you're they, saying they that there was like some sort of a reversal yes. of of fortunes the, there, where yeah, the, where the, somebody who who usually so, hunts, so the prey had, yeah, yeah, so the becomes the person who's doing the hunting, 
the person. Okay, so like a, the, like hunter the hunter became the hunted. Became the hunted. The hunted. The hunted. The prey. The prey. Yes. The hunted. The hunter had become the prey. Yeah. The 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 people who had been doing the hunting. By the end of the film, those roles had reversed. They say it like seventeen times. Yeah. We're doing a bit, but wait, what? You were doing a bit. Even right, that thank you, Tony. It's very serious. Like, like he says, he announced very mean music leaves, over the top. Before he leaves, Uncle Beto. <laughs> Uncle Beto. Yeah, dude, you fucking nailed it with that one. Uncle yeah, it's better or work. He's the, he's the Uncle Beto's place. Even at that point, he's like, I'm gonna lead them to the Mar- Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras graveyard. Mardi Starship bloopers in the Mardi Gras with Uncle Beto. Do you feel kind of white? Do you are you do you are, are you a little confused about where you are? Level, are you sweating just a little bit right level. now? Yeah, what's going on? One too many stroke. kicks to the head. What? what? Um, Jean Claude Van Damme. point, like it keeps up the, uh, it, it, like it doesn't lose steam. It yeah. does not lose its weirdness. Like an example is he lures them into this uh, warehouse that he's called the Mardi Gras graveyard, where he where a bunch of like paper mache um, floats and other uh, accoutrements from a Mardi Gras parade are just stored for some reason. Um, rotting away, and it, he's hiding upstairs somewhere. The pigeons and doves fly through the room to symbolize symbols. John Woo. <laughs> that John, John Woo directed Woo. this movie, and uh, he instead of just like surprising them, attacking them, and home aloneing them, he literally glides down on the back of a of a paper mache heron and just destroys. He them lets all. go of a morning dove. And then he flies down like the morning dove on a Mardi Gras float. On the, on the back of a float. Uh, Paper mache heron's coming soon to the trial of shop. Jason, continue, please. And, like, again, in I find myself comparing, like, it, with the framing of in any other movie a lot for this movie. But in any other movie, he, like, has either let, sent a tripwire or he's, like, got a bunch of grenades lined up and he's going to explode them or whatever. He just, like, goes all out uh, in that moment, Hong Kong style, and... Is using this paper mache float yeah. thing? Yeah, it's, it's as, dumb. As, it's, right? That's I love the. It. It, it I love so it too well because it's flagrant. It's open. It's yeah. openly like very goofy. I will use this paper mache thing as cover. I mean, I, I guess I think yes. I agree. I agree with both of you, right? Like, I think that that Aaron is right in the sense that I th- I think that the Mardi Gras graveyard is easily the weakest set piece in this movie. Uh, it it kind of is too bad that it's the climax. I think that it's, it's the weakest. I think it's better than the the tracking through the bayou from a little bit. Sure, earlier. that's not uh, a set the, piece so much. Specifically, yes. the helicopter sequence is easily the weakest sequence in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I loved the Mardi Gras graveyard. I mean, oh, me too. That's that was my other half. Is that it's still better than the best set piece in most action movies. Yeah, yeah. we'd actually talked about uh, when we were talking about one of our very earliest episodes, The Hidden. We talked about the the weird mannequin warehouse in that movie, and, yeah. and I think Harry made the point that like the minute you oh, go yeah. into an action set piece and you see like a mannequin factory, it's like, yeah, all right, let's see what you yeah, got here. Here we bud. go because you've done this a million you, times. You better do something. This here. is the what? Like you got something the with reason this, right? you, the reason you write a mannequin warehouse into your movie is so that you can d- demonstrate how you're better than everybody else because you've thought of something that they didn't, and nobody ever. No, it. except for Hard Target. See that did. mannequin over there, Dude, Harry? You see that mannequin? That's actually a person. No. Yeah, they're gonna no. get a drop on you. Yeah. Or you shoot. He's got you, a gun. You shoot somebody, and it turns out it was the mannequin, not a man. And then you get shot by John Wick or whoever is yeah. in there. It's, a, it's the it's the Hall of Mirrors thing. It's yeah. The, yeah, it's the birds of prey. I do like when a director kind. I do like when a director is just like, I'm just gonna flex. Like, yeah, you've seen this before, but watch watch me do it better. Oh yeah, than if, all if your you can pull movies. it off. Well, and it feels like John Woo saw that set piece, and he's like, mm, American movies have done this, mm, Hong Kong movies have done this. I'm gonna do this with Jean Claude Van Damme gracefully, like literally, maybe. 
like a pulley system is just lowering him down inch by inch as he's with a shot. It's slow motion. It, yeah. It's so good. Well, yeah. It's, it's like, Spielberg it's, editing. It's so fucking goofy and aware of itself that it just, it transcends. It becomes like a really good set piece to me. And the whole thing is, I think, really good. Like a lot, a lot of the staging and framing in that, especially as we get toward the like ultimate climax of that whole set piece uh, where you've got um, like... Pick throws a grenade into the room where Jean-Claude Van Damme is jumping out of. It flies through the window that yeah, he's just good. broken. He, like, does this slithery dodge under the table and then just fills Pick with bullets from underneath yep. the table. He's, he one... stranglehold slash Max Payne's where he, he can somehow slide uh, 30 feet on his belly across concrete in order to reach this dude. While, while like, pivoting like, yeah. doily on his, on his back. If I, perfect. if I had seen this movie as a kid, I would be so dead because the first thing I would think is, like, I'm gonna try sliding on concrete in that manner, and then I would just just <laughs> just a streak, yeah, just like a red, just a red <laughs> like line leading up to me. Oh, oh yeah, it's like so it's bad. like the first the first time you play Max Payne, sorry, Cody, video game, and you're just like you can probably fling yourself like that. It's probably fine, which he does in this movie. And, and, he does oh, over the car. Yeah. That's because that was John Wick. Yes, John your carpeted basement and like dislocate your right shoulder. exactly immediately. You're like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh fuck yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's Max Payne. Uh, it's it's good. It's yeah, it's so good, good, man. This movie rules. The, There's not a bad action sequence in it. The, all the there action scenes are great. Uh, kind of tying back to my earlier point, like Harry and I, we had watched. Uh, I think I maybe had referenced this on a, a recent episode, but we had watched Escape from New York like about a year ago, maybe. Oh, yeah. And the, I, I like a lot of that movie. Like I like the general vibe. I like the plot. I like the setup. I like all of that. Um, but like that, a lot of the like action scenes are actually like kind of badly done. Um, Very much so. And and part of going back to that movie is kind of rough because it's like I'm so in love with the concept of this movie, but often the execution falls flat. That has been my experience with a lot of American action films, and it's watching this is like it is what I remember a lot of my favorite American action movies growing up. It it, it is like a realization of that feeling that I got when I was a kid when I was too stupid to understand if a movie was actually good or not. Yeah, right. Also, this is good. Uh, maybe. Maybe this is not totally fair because I'm not I'm not making the case that Hard Target has great politics in the end. It does have better politics than American action movies well, do. It has oh politics, yeah, and right? yes, it does have politics. And I think that the vision of idealized hypermasculinity that this movie gives us, like it is in the in the Killer, is not as openly unabashedly toxic as the history of American action movies are. I mean, the problem with uh, Escape from New York is they actually really think Snake Plissken is the coolest motherfucker who ever walked yeah. the earth, and he sucks. Like, yeah. he, and like that's true of almost every American action movie. Yeah. Uh, whereas here, I like Chance. <laughs> yeah, the best line in this movie is <laughs> is uh, Lance Hendrickson asks him like, "You didn't have anything in common with these people. Why would you do this? Why would you ruin my life just to do this?" And he says. Poor people get bored too. That was like Does that make fucking, too much like, sense to you? Oh no! It's like it's still like an IMDb top 250 yeah. lines of all time. Let's fucking go. Uh, the actual best line in this movie is where uh, a guy gets his brains just blown out in a car uh, by a, with a shotgun, <laughs> and then they arrive at the scene of the crime, and and fucking Chance steps or like looks out of the car and says. Look like we were too late to the party. And it's like, why the fuck would you say that? It's a traumatic experience. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, if I was, if I, and this sucks because I'm an irony bro, I guess, but like, if I was doing this movie, I would like have stopped the scene and have Nat been like, what? Why would you say something like that? <laughs> yeah, like, it's just like, 
I, the perfect the perfect Schwarzenegger joke would have been like, you should turn on your windshield wipers. Pretty good. Because the blood's all over uh, the I also love immediately before that scene when that dude does get his head blown off. <laughs> uh, um, Pick Van Cleef just blows his head off in the in the car and splatters his brains all over the, the windshield. And you think he's going to say a one-liner. And instead he just like leans down and looks inside the cabin and goes, ooh. <laughs> he, like, like basically he goes like, ah. It's like, and it's like, what the fuck was like? Was that even directed? Like, with... honestly, mocking the dead, pretty funny. It, no, it's it's hilarious. It's funnier than anything he could have possibly said. True. Is that he just, yeah. he just like looks at it and he goes, "Ooh, yeah, that smarts or whatever." Need that like... reupholstered. Like, what do you yeah, what do you yeah, say? Right, exactly. It's yeah. so good. Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite lines is when he's driving the like uh, the the motorbike, uh, running away from the rich folk. Yeah. With um, Denise Richards type on the back, what's her name? Yancy Butler on the back, and Denise and, Richard type. And he t- <laughs> Denise Richard type beat. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he, t- and he tells her, "Grab the bar," <laughs> and you don't understand what that means until she like starts driving it from behind him, and he's like perched atop it with his. Tech nine, not holding on, man. Not holding on to anything. John Claude Van Damme, also, especially like greasy mullet John Claude Van Damme, best steely glare in the business. He looks so good on camera when it's just like the wind is blowing his greasy mullet behind him, and he just like he has this like fucking brow of steel where it just like it looks like he was chiseled the way that his brow <laughs> is just down there like that. And it never looks like he's squinting because that would imply like weakness towards the sun <laughs> type thing. Exactly. It always looks like he's just focused on whatever he's looking at. I do gotta say, Jean Claude Van Damme is a is a, a guy who has been growing his hair out with the eventual goal of putting it into a like a man bun. Uh, seeing Jean Claude Van Damme with like his his slicked back, like extremely product filled hair, you just look at it and you're like, shit, I should do that. What am I thinking? Damn, I should put more product in my hair, get a little curl going. He looks good. He looks good. He's, there's a scene at the end where he takes off his denim work shirt finally, and he's doing like the Rambo, like you know, yeah, like tank full, top look. They fully looks do good. the the Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Predator thing, where there's a gratuitous shot of his bicep that's just like oh. his biceps are so, like, so big. Yeah, they're so big. He's, he's loading his shotgun and he's flexing like he's got seventy pounds in that arm. It's yeah, crazy. it was a Jackie Chan in Police Story Two. Two. Yeah, yeah, when he's disarming the bomb. Exactly. Um, when I was a kid, I thought Jean Claude Van Damme was two people. You like thought John it was Jean Claude, Claude and, Van and Van Damme? That's the funniest thing. That rules. <laughs> that fucking rules. I had no like Komodo Joe and Komodo Mo from Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> I had no visual reference for this man or these men. <laughs> so I just thought that they were two people. I thought they drew two really like well-named action heroes that always paired together with... Siamese twins. I think I thought that for a little bit. Uh, I thought of it in my head as like Roger and Ebert instead of Roger <laughs> Ebert. Sure. There's definitely like a period in my life. Um, do we have favorite kills? Ooh. Ooh. I, I gotta say, probably my favorite is the one I already described, <laughs> where he, like, pivots in the air and Excellent. slides yeah. underneath and just riddles this guy's crotch with, with lead. Uh, I love that. My favorite one that m- maybe will not, uh, um, get to, uh, that you guys might not choose, which is, which is the one that, uh, Kyle Olson. Uh, hey, shout-outs to Kyle. Also couldn't join us this evening. But uh, we're trying to convince him to watch this movie right now. And <laughs> you you explained the snake scene. And the, I just the, said Jean-Claude Van Damme punches a snake in the face. And You should just see this movie after enough. hearing that. Yeah. Uh, the scene I described was the one where he... 
John Claude Van Damme surfs. He he looks down and he notices that his motorcycle is leaking uh, gas. That gives him the idea to surf on his motorcycle at the enemy combatant's car. When the motorcycle is about to go under the wheels of the car he does a front flip basically over the car lands on the other side and then shoots the fuel tank to make it explode and kill the bad guys uh like how are you not gonna see this movie (laughs) and this whole sequence takes like 45 seconds because most of it is like shot like repeat shot repeat shot different angles and slow motion it's it's like the only way you could film that that kill beautiful beautiful yeah uh I can't really place. I think this was after the the um, pick Van Cleef going ooh like that <laughs> sequence. Uh, Van Damme kicks a dude off a bike in the face. Uh, <sighs> it's so good. It, it, roundhouse kick off of like uh, the trunk of a car. Right. right, and like yeah, John Woo doesn't do the whole like we're gonna show this same shot from like three different angles. He just does it once, and it, they kind of gloss over it. But holy shit, was that a great kill? Uh, Speaking of great kills of motorcyclists, there's a really funny scene where uh, he has this death match with a guy who's wearing a motorcycle helmet, and at one point it shows Jean-Claude Van Damme doing a hardcore glare at this guy, uh, and it like zooms in on his face, and then it match cuts to the guy doing a glare, but he's still wearing his motorcycle helmet with the visor down, so it's just this like this zoom in uh, hard glare oh, yeah. of a motorcycle helmet, and like we have to presume that he's doing a glare in the... <laughs> I thought that was for the reflection. That's it her, was, yeah. yeah. Okay. But it was still very funny that like that was the way they set that up. Yeah. Uh, here's a here's a here's a funny story. I had seen this on on Twitter. Could be wrong. Uh, this is vaguely related to Jean Claude Van Damme, uh, but also not as the story will uh, show. So Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal, and here it goes. Steven Seagal, similar kind of action, Ew. you know, hero. Yeah, the dark Van Damme. Yeah, the dark Van Damme. <laughs> Van Damned. Uh, Ooh. Thank you. Uh, he he doesn't really obviously get big budget action movies these days. He still does action movies. A lot of them are financed out of like Northern Europe. I think like a lot Russia, like the Russian mob. Yeah, he's literally bankrolled by. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, and he uh he put out a movie recently uh where the the poster it's like him just like old fucking Steven Seagal just like unfit Steven Seagal just like as an action hero with a gun or whatever. And uh, on the cover it says Seagal Van Damme. Uh, it's not John Claude Van Damme. They just got a guy with the last name Van Damme, so they could put on the poster. Oh my God. Steven Seagal they got Van, Van Damme. Damme. Yeah, it says uh, Steven Jason's Seagal. Van Damme. Uh, it was on. It was on what Twitter. Movie? I swear to God, it is like one of the last movies he's done. Uh, you will not find it. I don't think searching that because it's it's Van Damme spelled differently. That's how you can tell. It just says like Steven Seagal in like V A N D A M. I think. Um, what? Yes, uh, it was. That is very good. That is very good. to bring good. that up. Yeah, we'll Steven get Seagal forever angry that he wasn't five. in The Expendables. He wasn't in The Expendables, right? Uh, maybe. I wouldn't be the person to ask. Not right. that one. What, it's not a sport. Now we're just looking. Look at Beyond. Maybe exactly. Beyond the Law, the very last one he did. Uh, right. Well, uh, hunting, people, uh, hunt, uh, hunting people for sport is a sport. Uh, is the most dangerous shit. sport. Exactly. Is that it? It's very funny to me that... Uh, no. Can we stop this? Yeah, uh, it's very funny to me that that the Wikipedia entry says that this this movie is based on the most dangerous game. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> is it's like in yeah. that they hunt people, right? That's yeah, that's it's, it. It's 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 a it's a, it's a anything take. where you hunt people is the most dangerous game. That's the joke that I make whenever there's a plot point. I, I think kind of yeah. yeah I enough. think it was a direct. I think it was a direct. Uh, uh, Jason, what's your favorite kill? Also that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, 
Aaron, you haven't said your favorite kill. Uh... I, I like the guy getting shot in the dick three times in a row. I like the grenade down the pants. Can you set that one up? Yeah, so that that's actually how the bad guy dies, uh, where it's, like, set up very heavily in the preceding moments where, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme has a grenade from the the henchman that he killed. A lot of great grenades in this movie, yeah. which I am a famous a lot of sucker for. Grenade through the window while Jean-Claude mm-hmm. Van Damme is going out the window. That's great. That- it's like a very good shot. If you, you see the grenade going through as he's jumping. A lot more of this is practical than I thought it was going to be. Like, yeah. The stuntman deserve, especially the the motorcycle scene. That stuntman deserves a f- fucking raise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have loved to if have he's seen still the, alive the police story uh, bloopers of this of oh, the stunt man. people trying yeah. to do these stunts. Ugh. Yes, that would. This would be the greatest movie. So he's got, he's, he's, got he's got picks grenade. Yeah, he's got he's got picks grenade, and he uh, the way he gets the bad guy is he's like beating up the bad dude at the very end, and he drops he like pulls his trousers by his belt and drops the grenade down his pants and then he like kicks him into like a you know a bunch of like bags and boxes or whatever and the bad guy starts like you see like close-up shot of him reaching down his pants to grab the grenade in time and he finally does and he he disconnects uh you know the the i guess sparking mechanism and it lights a spark that then blows him up i can't believe how badly he described you forgot the fucking one-liner we uh what was the one-liner he, go, he I goes. I forgot the one liner. He goes. I was so. I'm sorry. I was engrossed in this dude Grr. reaching down his pants to grab a grenade. Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, leaned into frame and he was like, "I guess he blew his load." That's not. That no, was not the, the one liner. That's, that's very. Jean Claude Van Damme says, "Fucking hunting season is over." Oh, okay. It it's rules. Cody, that's did you pretty... remember that? Uh, no. Okay. Thank you. You guys are morons. You. Uh, well, because it came before the death. Yeah. And oh. not immediately after. That, that's Harry, the one liner. Sometimes it's... it's like jazz. It's about what you don't say. Oh, uh, the jokes what? you don't make. I, that that Ooh. is a really good example of the John Woo effect, where like you think that that's it, but there's always more. Like yeah. John Woo always has another idea, and he's always going to put it into his movie because like it's not in any other movie the grenade just would have fucking blown up inside of his pants and he would have died. He wouldn't have done the whole bit where he pulls the grenade out, thinks he's disar- disarmed it, goes, <laughs> and then, and then there's, up, there's yeah. a spark, and you see the spark. It takes the time to cut back to his face in a in a otherwise very quiet scene, and he goes. Oop, and then he fucking blows up. He literally <laughs> like and I bunny oops. thing. Yeah, it's yes. great little disruption of rhythm. Exactly. Uh, uh, also, this movie just fucking ends after that. They just like they take each other's shoulders. Yeah. Uh, Wilford Brimley, who's great in this movie, despite being a really weird caricature, uh, they all just go off on their own, and and then it plays "Born in the Bayou." That's it. Uh, Sorry, Cody, I interrupted you. I think Jason and I interrupted you. Wilford Brimley's best line, which is, uh, here, take a drink of this. He ends the, 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 the flash oh, yeah. to Yancey Butler, and he says, no, don't drop that. It'll kill the grass. <laughs> what a great line. Oh, man. A real one. Oh, yeah, he gets he gets stabbed through his uh, he gets stabbed through his chest with an arrow. It doesn't and, seem uh, to bother him very much. Well, he, he lives. In, in, in the best one of these in an action movie today, you know, usually it's like, oh, there's a Bible in there. There's like a police badge. He pulls out his fucking moonshine flask, and he's like, Oh no! This is a tragedy. Really Themes bad. of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he clearly has some drinking problems. He, his character needs help. Like that is a you a would level too if you had. What is he? Chance is a. What does he say when he, he makes his moonshine whiskey? He says like, uh, "Whiskey this good will make the jackrabbit hit the bed or something." <laughs> <laughs> Just some nonsense. But oh man, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was no good place for me to. to I. The one, the one thing that I remember thinking, man, I don't like this about this movie. Uh, yeah, what is I that, thought, bud? I, I thought the politics, politics were going to be really shitty. This was at the beginning. This was after um, Chance and uh, uh, Nat had not 
formally met necessarily, uh, but they were in this uh, this restaurant or this diner, and uh, Chance looks over and sees that she, that uh, Yancey Butler has a lot of money, and so he's like, hmm, there are a lot of uh, shitty people in here who will probably try to take advantage of this. Instead of warning her about it in advance, I'm just going to wait for her to get assaulted and then beat the shit out of all these guys. Uh, well, how else is he going to look cool? You gotta exactly. Make an and it coincidentally led it to one of my favorite parts of this movie, this unnecessary continuity bit where she gets she gets smacked by one of the dudes. And then you see, like, in subsequent scenes, like over the next, you know, day or two days, yeah. she, that cut in her lip is still there. Yeah, like, they didn't need to go so hard. No, they but did. they did. Because that's her, her entrance into this underworld. That's how she, she's been marked by the environment. And she's, you know, she's going to carry that with her. Yeah, her that's a theme. Until, until, until it heals, yeah. Heals. It actually does heal about halfway through the movie. <laughs> it it's does. Just like yeah, it's it's like two end. days. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, this movie is it's a good kicks movie. ass. It's really good. I don't. I, I know like we talked about. I don't think we really hammered home the fact that a snake is punched in the face. Right. We can't reiterate that enough. A rattlesnake. Yeah. Oh, has a face. Just, just, also, that's where its teeth are, dude. Why are you punching over there? That's the bad part. You're not supposed to get hit with. You gotta reach in. See, that's what separates us from Van Damme. Is he goes yeah. for the snake's mouth. He and just John does not always try his hands. Mouth. It is impossible to crack those bad boys with your teeth. Yeah. Um, I would be remiss not to say that that for only the first act, and then it tragically disappears for the rest of the movie. Uh, there's an incredible blues score to this movie. Yeah. It's like the fucking Paris, Texas. <laughs> Soundtrack. It's that slide guitar, yeah. Yeah, it's slide guitar, steel guitar, it's the best music in the world, uh, and it's in this yeah. movie. A lot of, like, twangy, like, oh, just blam, stings really blam. quick. Yeah, really just, hilarious like, stings for Chance, the the biggest bio-badass but he's, in New Orleans. But he's not, like, he's he walks around, like, wearing, like, a black, like, like duster, like, it's... it's he's it's, Gambit. Yeah. He is Gambit, he's yeah, like, exactly. Gambit. I, yeah, I know, it's just, like, he doesn't look... It's, the... He doesn't fit into New Orleans either. Like you see him walking around, you're like, "That's a funny fucking looking dude." Like, what the fuck? Well, because he's he's part of the homeless community, basically. Yeah, uh, he's not himself, yes. although we never see where he lives. But but he knows those people. He's part of the streets. You know. Yeah. He grew up on the streets. That's right. Do you think he went? Like he got his two hundred seventy dollars and shipped out after the event, events of this movie. Who knows, man? I guess that would be answered in Hard Target Two. They, they did Target. make a uh, what direct to video. Sequel. I assume. Yeah, I don't think like that it. one is in theaters. Uh, did it? Did it have Van Damme in it? No, I'm sure it didn't. Damn it! Do you want me to look up facts about that movie really quick? We, we, I don't. we all knew it. That was the community scene where they all say copra at the same time. Yeah. Uh, should we do recommendations? I would like to do recommendations. Start with Cody. Cool. Um, I recommend uh, Cobra, a movie of <laughs> similar tone and. Uh, kind of content. Uh, Sly Stallone plays a cop, uh, Capra. Um, he's uh, the general premise of the movie is there's this underworld gang of people who commit like murders of the 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 weak, uh, W E A K, not like murders of the weak. Uh, <laughs> You're a murderer of the weak yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? And uh, a show about the bounties for Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, uh, the theme music's playing in my head. Uh, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and um, so, yeah, I don't know. That rules. It's, like, similar corny fun. Uh, the 
spectacles are on a similar level as they're like the practical effects um the action uh Sylvester Stallone can't kick people nearly as well. Uh, but it was still really good. I would rewatch it uh, if those here want to uh, watch it. Yes, please. Uh, the other, uh, and I wrote this um, on a note and showed it to Harry a little bit ago, um, but for less obvious reasons, I recommend Burning uh, from 2018. I love this. I always watch Burning. I don't uh, know. Yeah, first off, it's it's, got, it's great. You've got a Mega Blocks and a Lego here. You need to make them stick together. Uh, you need to define uh, a lot for nice politics, baby. Uh, the yeah. poor don't matter. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. The Stephen Yoon's character in that is one of the people in our target right. who wants people. And uh, yeah, I explicitly do not want to go into too much detail on Burning. It's a great movie. Uh, there are vague thematic similarities um burning is one of the best films i've seen in the past like year or so uh and yep you should watch it uh but i don't know uh be sober for it whereas don't be sober for hard target because they're very different movies. i do <laughs> wish i look anybody to try on don't listen to this i do wish i had found a way to sneak a 40 into this movie perfect 40 film absolutely it's a good perfect. 40 film perfect yeah. absolutely yes. Uh, I'm going to recommend that you pop uh, Mafia 3. You fucker. Ah, damn it. A, <laughs> Is that a video game? That that, yes, pop Mafia 3 into your favorite console or, play, or PC. Or favorite console or play, play console station. Copper. Uh, you smell burning? Or do you... <laughs> um, because it also is a loving recreation of New Orleans. Uh, it is... Just... just, just Look, one night shot from that game downtown with the with the lights all strung up and the like wraparound porches on the stores. It's it nails that setting several times. Uh, in the movie, similarly to Hard Target, unfairly maligned in its time. Uh, Mafia Three is a phenomenal video game. It is uh, wildly good. Yeah, it is a little bit broken and all the better for it. Yeah, the actual gameplay loop isn't that fun. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Does not <laughs> matter, matter, baby. Uh, and I would also recommend listening to the White Stripes song Conquest. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. It, it, it is just all... About I would recommend listening to uh, The House of the Rising Sun <laughs> by uh, everyone. Hell yeah. That song rules. Um, Fortunately. I didn't, I, I didn't think of it now. I would not, in general, recommend playing this, but if you do want a faithful recreation of New Orleans... Uh, there's a city in Red Dead Redemption 2 that is actually a very, very good... Very cool. Straight up, yeah, like, uh, again, been to New Orleans a few times as a tourist. There is a literally an exact block that I was walking through. San Denis in that game is, yeah. is a copy of New Orleans. It's really walking down a block, and I went, oh, this is the literally the exact park, the exact block, the exact signs. Everything is exactly the same to a point where I just showed my partner who I had traveled to New Orleans with, and I was like, what is this? And she was like, oh, that's that block in New Orleans. Perfect. Uh, I don't like that game much. A, a very funny thing about that game is that uh, I I went to that city much earlier than you're supposed to because yeah. I just wanted to see it. Walking around in that city for the first time and, like, like exploring it and greeting people, easily by, like, like tears... Categories are the most fun I had playing that game. Yeah, it's very funny that it, a game about the open west and about how that's dying and that's sad. Yeah, the, easily the best part of that game yeah. is just that city. It, 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 it's like an amazingly that, well done. That area. is actually yeah. like a, a huge achievement. Yes. That city in that game and that game sucks. And it's all, not very good. All you have to do is you just have to make your game developers work eighty-hour weeks. Uh, yeah, fuck Rockstar, fuck yeah, the Housers. Talk about video games, Cody. Watch Parasite, yeah. I guess. Mm -hmm. um, no, so yeah, I would recommend. Yeah, I don't know. Play, play 15 minutes of this game. 
Well, you, you gotta play like four hours to get there. Yeah. We're talking about hard target. Go, um, go on YouTube and watch videos of people. You got recommendations? I do, I do, I do. Uh, uh, <laughs> Richard Connell's uh, freaking short story, The Most Dangerous Game. Now, uh, it's a good short story. I, everybody's read that in high school, yeah. I assume. Um, Middle school, I think. I would. Elementary one of the only I've seen a few Van Damme I films. Uh, I remember liking Time Cop. I've not seen Time Cop in a long time. That shit might suck, but if you want another one, I guess go yeah, watch Time Cop. Time to watch Time Cop again. Okay. Uh, also, if you like the idea of the uh, uh, if you like the grisly idea of the poor being hunted for sport in uh, Southern United States, uh, True Detective season one uh, kind of oh, yeah, deals shit. with That's a lot a of the one. same themes. Um, it is not like this movie at all but it is worth watching and actually is ages even better every year since yeah, it's been out yeah. uh, unfortunately um, due to a yeah, lot of definitely watch show. True Detective the season 1 I've not seen season 2 or 3 I've, I've season heard, 2 yeah. sucks season 3 is pretty good okay. because yeah. Mahershala Ali is like Great. one of the best yeah. actors alive <laughs> that's kind of why I like season 2 I didn't love season 2 I liked watching season 2 because everybody in it is very talented and that sure. was fun enough yeah. but yeah. yeah it's not great I think if I watch season 2 again I would like it more I wanted it to be like season 1 maybe. definitely it's not. I like Colin Farrell a lot. Colin Farrell, Rachel McAdams, Vince Vaughn even. Yeah. Like, shit. He know. rips apart a poker table with his bare hands. Yeah, which That's I pretty... certainly can't do that. That's pretty um, impressive. Okay, I'll do mine, I guess. Um, obvious ones to get out of the way. The first Rambo, uh, Predator, are two. Uh, uh, pretty clear reference here. I think that I might like this movie more than both of those movies. Ooh. I like well, Predator first really quite good. a lot. First Predator Blood's great. Rules. Yeah. Uh, I love Predator. Uh, I love this movie for very different reasons, again. Those <laughs> yeah. are very different movies. This movie is not serious at all. We should say that it's completely a fun, like, joyful John Woo romp. Um, even much, much less serious than The Killer. <laughs> even. Yeah. Yeah. He punches uh, a snake. He punches face, a snake dude. in the face, dude. Bro. Uh, and going off of that, uh, this is also, I believe, one of Dan Nagin's favorite movies. Feel better, Dan. Uh, we're Woo! sorry you can be here. Uh, you're great to make podcasts with. Um, Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans. That is the whole name. It's Bad Lieutenant Colon Port of Call, New Orleans. It's a John, our, uh, Nicolas Cage movie set in New Orleans. It rules. Uh, check that out. Is, it, is that a movie in a series? Yeah, there's two, there's two Bad yeah. Lieutenant movies. But you should probably recommend the first one as Harvey well. Yeah, the yeah. first sure. one. Yeah. Man, fucking Bad Lieutenant. What a great name for a series of movies. Oh, that's He's so a good. very bad lieutenant. He's a bad lieutenant, dude. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to recommend? You said Mafia Three. You said True Detective Season One. You said Burning. Yeah. Uh, also, it's the I, you said it just a bit ago. Uh, it's the day after the Academy Awards. Uh, if you haven't watched Parasite yet, hey, fucking watch Parasite. Uh, spoilers. We're going to talk a lot about Parasite. Similar <laughs> similar themes to Hard Target. Hey, and go see Hard Target if you haven't already. Uh, yeah. Still thinking of trying. I'm a class war. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Wait, are we just what? God. Wait. What? What's happening? Why is there so much blood on this table? God. I, I stopped looking down. It just oh kept God. pulling. God. Why didn't he go fishing? You're going to have to have this dude. <laughs>